Hello everyone and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about link building, how you can earn high and relevant backlinks for your website, high authoritative links. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Jeremy Bozer. How are you? Good, man. How about you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, for me, it's a big pleasure. I check out that you have a good experience on this field. For me, link building is the hardest part of SEO. And let me share my strategy. You know, t- 10 years ago when uh, I started my online projects, I had only one strategy to buy more backlinks that make them Hat and uh, Google rent all my websites, all content. I, I check out, okay, my competitors uh, had 10 backlinks, so I need to have 20, 30 backlinks <laughs> and overcame all of them. But things change for some time. Penguin hit many of my, uh, of my websites. And then I started to learn more about white hat SEO. <laughs> so uh, right now we know that it's the hardest part of uh, SEO. Can you tell? Why you decided to pay attention to Link building and share more about your experience and background? Yeah, absolutely. So I really got started in link building maybe six or seven years ago at this point. Um, and I was working at a content marketing agency. We were doing a lot of stuff for kind of software brands as a whole. And uh, we really noticed that even at that time, too, it was starting to change to where um, just publishing really good content wasn't enough anymore. Uh, Like it maybe was 10, 15 years ago, you could publish really great content. You could rank relatively quickly because the competition was lower. There wasn't as good content. There wasn't as clear guidelines overall as a whole in terms of what is a really valuable piece of content to a searcher. And so at that time, uh, ranking for, you know, organic content was really, really easy as a whole compared to it is now, especially when we're talking about competitive software spaces. Um, So we started to Mm -hmm. notice this transition and we just started to notice that just creation of the content wasn't enough and you really needed a strong distribution of that content. Um, And as you mentioned, you know, you used to be able to just buy some links on like, okay sites and just uh, do that over and over and you could rank really well, really quickly. Um, It's just obviously not the case anymore. And and link building has only become more difficult over the past five or 10 years. And I think that's why it's still such an important ranking factor is that it is one of the most difficult and the most objective parts of SEO mm-hmm. as a whole, whereas content, when you look at it, it is very subjective. So it's it's looking at a piece of content saying, did you satisfy the user intent? Obviously, that stuff is good. Uh, but is the quality content good there? Like, is it is it a good piece of content? A lot of that is subjective, whereas getting high authority mm-hmm. links from a really good site is a very objective measure that your content is good enough for them to mention and share. And so that's really how we got into the link building side of things a little while ago. And uh, it's been mm-hmm. uh, a good ride from there. Okay, nice, nice. Can you tell uh, why uh, are links important in SEO? Because uh, I remember when Google uh, created this algorithm, uh, Yahoo and AltaVista had much better, higher positions than Google. But things change after uh, creating this algorithm to analyze uh, content uh, by having these backlinks. And Google improve this game a lot. Uh, what about today? Because I often get the question, it's important, probably it's not. And uh, many websites, uh, for example, uh, I had a speaker on my podcast and she told me she uh, doesn't know anything about link building <laughs> and she has traffic more than 1.5 million people a month. And I check out her content. Uh, she creates uh, linkable content she gets all these links naturally yeah i think uh, that's great and she doesn't deny that uh, link building is important but she knows how to create this linkable content can you tell uh, from uh, for average data uh, why links are important today 
Yep, absolutely. So talking about links being important, usually in SEO, you like to bucket it into three main sections. So number one being technical, number two being content, and number three being off-page. And kind of what I touched on just before this really is that uh, a lot of the on-page content you create is very subjective in nature in that uh, you're looking at it, you're comparing it to another piece. They're probably pretty similar. There's not all that much differentiation you can do from a content perspective. So I'm sure everyone has seen this just looking at a given search result for any single search. You'll see that a lot of the pieces of content are very, very similar. Maybe there's a little bit of difference there based on the brand that's writing it or the style, tone of voice. Uh, but the real objective difference maker there is link building, right? Is like, how do you mm -hmm. earn these really good links from good sites that signal back to your site that you're authoritative? A lot of this plays into EAT or expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness, something that Google, uh, if you look at their like how search works article, um, it's like one of the main things they say of how they determine what quality content is. And so I think there's a big misconception that quality content is just the on-page, but quality content as a whole actually refers to even off-page factors. And what other people mm -hmm. determine quality content is what they mention, is what they link to, it's what they talk about and share. Um, so link building, even if you're not doing it actively, there's, there's plenty of sites out there that rank uh, with you know zero direct link building. They might just grab links naturally, like you mentioned, if they have some really unique or cool content. Um, but you can start to see really direct correlations of like, if you look at any search results in a competitive space, everyone has a really high domain rating or domain authority signaling that they have a ton of links. And it's really almost impossible to compete in those spaces if you don't have that authority. Because a lot of the signals that you get from links externally are around trust factors, right? It's saying this authoritative source mentioned your article and therefore your article is probably pretty legit. It's probably authoritative and trustworthy. And those are really key factors, especially uh, going into things like the helpful content update or just any new updates that Google rolls out is really meant to serve users the best content. And the best content is not always your own just by the pure writing. It's by yeah. what other people have a consensus on and what they determine the best content is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, valuable. Uh, can you tell how to choose the right link building campaign? Because uh, we discussed a little bit before the live stream uh, that you uh, pay attention to link reclamation uh, and it works for big brands uh, that they have this uh, uh, brand awareness. What about the rest? Uh, for example, how to estimate your benchmark? For example, some websites have traffic, some projects started from scratch. Uh, the rest have good traffic and positions. Can you tell how to choose the right link building campaign according to benchmark? Yep, yeah, absolutely. As you mentioned, if you're a larger brand in the space, so you're already ranking really well for a lot of terms, you're getting probably hundreds of thousands of visits a month organically. That's when you're mm -hmm. going to see the biggest impacts from link reclamation. Um, so for anyone watching that's not sure what that is, basically looking to see where is your brand mentioned online, but maybe not given a backlink. Maybe the link is no follow. Maybe it's linked to the wrong page and you're essentially going back to that site or that writer or journalist, whoever mentioned you and asking them to add a link or maybe change the link back to a different page on your site, remove the no follow tag. Um, essentially, you're just going back and you're trying to reclaim that mention and get a link back to your site. So that works really well if you have a high traffic site, if you have a good brand that's naturally being mentioned. Obviously, that's kind of a luxury. Uh, not everyone is going to have that, especially if you're starting from scratch or you're trying to break into an industry. Uh, that campaign is almost always going to be useless for you. So it's really reserved for really uh, fast-growing brands that are getting a lot of natural attention. 
If you're a smaller mm-hmm. site, so let's say you're just breaking in, you're a brand new domain, brand new in the space, uh, no existing authority. I think your best bet at the very early stages is to just publish a mass volume of content. So somewhere in the range of 50 to 100 pieces in the first month that you launch that site uh, mm-hmm. should go live with a bunch of content that gives you so much ammunition to reach out to different sites and try to get some links added in various different pieces. Um, and then I'd also recommend looking at things like digital PR campaigns where a lot of your time is being invested in how do I create interesting data sets that people want to reference so that I'm not just emailing a site that they're, you know, the same site that's getting a thousand emails a day, asking them for mm-hmm. links. How do you pitch them some sort of really interesting data set or story that they didn't know before that they're surely going to reference, they're going to share, they're going to mention. Those are the places where you really win if you're starting from scratch. Um, I'd say if you're in that kind of middle range there where, you know, you've got good traffic, a pretty good authority, but you're not, you know, competing with the, the top dogs in your space. I think a mm-hmm. lot of that is going to be how do you build relationships with the right publishers, the right media owners, journalists, so that you can expand your network as a whole, so that you're not relying on things like cold outreach, where, again, you're sending an email to an inbox that's getting 100 emails a day asking the same exact thing. The odds that you get a link there are so minimal. So really focus your time and efforts on how do I build relationships with people at sites that I want to get links from and how do I play that longer term game? Mm-hmm. Nice. Can you tell about this bu- building relationships? Uh, tell t- to the audience, for example, I get a hundred emails, uh, messages on LinkedIn. You know, I can provide guest posting, uh, take my services. Uh, I have a huge list of uh, uh, domains who can submit your links. Can you tell more about, uh, I have two questions. The first, uh, how to build relationships. And the second, uh, please clarify uh, what means uh, less but quality. Yep, absolutely. So to, to build relationships, definitely avoid all of those things you were mentioning of spamming people on LinkedIn with like, here's my here's my guest post. Can you publish it? Here's my list of sites. Do you want to you know get on these or buy these? Really go for a relationship where you're offering them value up front. Um, and so that usually means like, let's say you're trying to get a relationship with, you know, uh, HubSpot.com. You want to get a link from them. Find who's the content marketing manager at HubSpot.com. You know, reach out to them on social media like Twitter or LinkedIn. Offer them some sort of value there. Maybe it's, hey, I just linked back to your piece in this post that I, you know, I found it really useful. Just wanted to share with you. Maybe it's, okay, I sh- shared this in my newsletter that has 10, 20, 30,000 people on it. Give them a reason to respond to you and build that relationship in the first place. And don't start right off the bat mentioning some sort of like link relationship or trying to get a link from them. Uh, It's just like a super spammy way to reach out to folks. And everyone, you know, we're we're just all tired of obviously getting these sorts of emails and messages. So really lead with some sort of value there that you can offer them first. And then once you've really built that connection, you've showed them that you can do something for them. Uh, you know, give an ask in there, pitch your story, pitch that article that you wrote and see if you can get a link there, but really play a longer term game and just realize that it's not going to be, I'm going to send emails and I'm instantly going to get links. It's going to be a month, two, three, four months down the line where this publication is going to link to me because we know each other. They know I have really good content where they maybe would have not discovered me in the first place. So really play the long game when you're talking about relationships. Yeah. And then and, in terms of... Yeah, yeah, go yeah, yeah. In terms of quality overall, for sure is is the way to go. We we know that Google doesn't treat every single link with equal weight. So if you're getting a link from a really unheard of site, maybe it's a guest post farm where you click on it, 
you can obviously see that it's an open submission site. There's tons of content on there that's super relevant to one another, disconnected. Um, those are really low quality sites overall that are uh, probably not going to do anything of beneficial to you in terms of increasing rankings, right? So you want to look at sites that are actually authoritative, and that's usually ones that are ranking organically for competitive terms. They have a lot of brand awareness. Maybe you recognize the brand just by its name, right? So really authoritative publications that are in good standing are ones you want to target because Google doesn't give uh, equal weight to each link. We know that a link from, let's say, HubSpot, for example, it's, is much better than a link from a blog uh, that you've never heard of. And so you really want to focus yep. your efforts on uh, the highest quality sites because they're just going to be more worth your time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, can you tell what to choose? For example, a uh, high authority website, but it's irre irrelevant or relevant, but low authority? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I, I hear this question quite often. And what I like to, to pitch back is that relevancy really works on a spectrum. And I find mm -hmm. that there's very few irrelevant links, unless we're talking about something like an article on like the best project management tools, and you link to uh, like, some sort of tool that's not in project management. Um, that would obviously be irrelevant to the post, it's not really helpful to a user. Um, but relevancy tends to work on a spectrum in that even if the, the article topic is not directly related to you, there are ways to make a good impact in that article. So maybe it's a featured quote from you around like business growth. So even if let's say you own like a little cafe on the corner and uh, there's an article talking about how people are growing their businesses, a quote from you within that is still very relevant, even though the topic is not talking about coffee shops, right? So it's really mm -hmm. dependent on the angle that you come in with. Um, but overall, from a top level standpoint, relevancy is super key. Um, but I actually think oftentimes authority can trump direct relevancy in that sense, where if it's a very authoritative site, even if the topic is indirectly aligned with you, if there's some sort of relevancy in there, even if it's not, let's say, a 10 out of 10 relevant piece or topic, I think it's still worth going after and seeing if you can get a link from them. Because again, if it's more general, if it's more branded, if it's a quote, if it's a, just a showcase of your website even, I think all of those are relevant and all of those are impactful in some sense. Um, but I would for sure bias relevancy where you can. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, valuable. Uh, let's talk about tools. Can you tell your loving uh, list of tools that you uh, any link builders must have and why? Yeah, definitely. So I, I use Ahrefs for the most part for just analyzing mm -hmm. backlink profiles, doing audits, things like mm -hmm. that, competitor research. Um, it's probably my favorite tool at the moment, though SEMrush, I think, has really good tools as well for particularly for content analysis on the content side of things. I think SEMrush does a really good job there. Mm -hmm. um, I also have been using Mention.com a lot, especially if we're talking about link reclamation stuff, um, just looking to see where you're getting mentioned online, capturing those low-hanging fruits. Um, I think there's a few other solid ones that are similar to mention.com, but that one's been good for a while. Um, and so those would be kind of the main tools we use for in an analysis standpoint. And then when we're talking about outreach, um, I really like buzzstream.com. I think the campaign setup there is really nice. Responda.com is another great one uh, by Farzad. Good guy mm -hmm. as well, good tool. Um, so those would be kind of the main ones that we use at the moment. And then if we're doing more technical analysis, we tend to like things like Screaming Frog, where you can do kind of large scale audits on bigger sites. Um, but from a link mm -hmm. building perspective, those are typically my go-tos. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, let's talk about personalization. Can you share your tips how to reach out uh, and get uh, much higher response rate, open rate? Because uh, I check out a few studies that uh, the open rate of uh, email uh, link building campaigns around 8%. It, it, yeah. It's low. How to improve it? How to get more open rate and uh, the successful insertion? your links yep absolutely so i'd say number one would be uh going back to different mediums so not necessarily Mm -hmm. relying on just email for your cold outreach is always a good idea so if you can Mm -hmm. find someone on a different platform where their inbox is less crowded is less filled with the same messages asking them for links you obviously have just a better shot overall of reaching them and getting a response so that could be something like twitter is something that i've found success with linkedin is another good one though it's a little more spammy the messages you get on there are more salesy so people are kind of reluctant to respond there so i'd say twitter is a really good bet you can also look at things like the hashtag uh journal request which essentially is like uh haro but directly on twitter so you can go to direct Mm -hmm. direct to source there you can find people who are actively searching for folks like this without haro being that middleman that kind of hides email addresses so you're not really sure who you're talking to things like that Um, So journal requests on Twitter, a good tool that I would use there to contact people directly. Um, And then personalization wise, I think, again, really, you need to focus on what value you can bring others. And unfortunately, it sort of is a status game at the end of the day of like, do you have something valuable that you can bring people? Uh, Do you have a large website of your own where you can share their articles? Do you have a large newsletter where you can share it to folks? Do you have a large social media audience where you can promote their content? What is something that you can give them in return? Because when you ask for a link from someone, there's almost no benefit to them. There's all exclusive benefit to you, right? So you need to turn Mm -hmm. the tables and say, what can I give to them that's going to make them want to reciprocate in some way? Um, It's really about how do you give someone value versus just asking them for a link is obviously, you know, taking time out of their day. It's another kind of spammy email that they get. So you really need to think outside of the box um, and rely Mm -hmm. on some of those different techniques. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love it, love it. Uh, let's talk about creating linkable content. Can you share how to create uh, such content? Because uh, I often see when webmasters pay attention to content that bring uh, traffic, but uh, many companies create studies, simple tools to get uh, links naturally. Can you tell more about that? How to create content strategy by creating linkable content? Yep, absolutely. I'm a big fan of creating a lot of content that doesn't necessarily have a direct keyword focus. And I think that's Mm -hmm. the counterintuitive nature of some link building is that the content that you want to get links to, like the best whatever tools, or you want to get it to your product page, nobody wants to link to that stuff because it's boring. Everyone's pitching the same thing. Everyone wants to get links to those pieces. So what you want to do is actually think outside of the box and say, Here's an article that I can write that's going to stir up maybe some sort of controversy. It's going to take a really contrarian stance. It's going to you know, resonate with a good audience, but it's going to also make a different audience kind of weary or they're going to talk about it. They're going to share it. They're going to criticize it even. So you, you want to look at it and say, how can I create pieces of content that they're maybe not targeting a search result like you know, the best software tool, whatever it is. Maybe you're just writing a long form piece of content that's really interesting. It's thought provoking. It changes direction, your niche, it interrupts those patterns that people might have. Um, And that's the content that people want to share, right? So I think if you're looking at something more actionable too, um, on usurp.io, our website, you can see we have a state of backlinks report, um, where we studied or surveyed, excuse me, I think 800 plus different people in the SEO space. 
Um, mm-hmm. and we really just ask them a bunch of questions around how they see link building as an impact on their content strategy, on their rankings, their traffic, et cetera, how much they spend per month. Do they use agencies? Do they go in-house? So a lot of this information that just wasn't out there currently, we just figured, hey, this is valuable information, obviously, for us to know and for people in the space to know. Let's just go survey a bunch of cool people. Let's see what they say. Let's turn it into a report. Let's collect the data. Let's make cool graphs that people can share. So just look for content opportunities like that where you can create something interesting that people genuinely want to share. And I think that piece for us generated maybe 150 plus unique root domains linking to it, really good quality sites, you know, high DR, Neil Patel, whatever, all of these sites linking back to us. Um, And I think that's the real opportunity there. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Uh, uh, let me share one story. Uh, I got the request uh, from one of my clients and uh, he told me, no, uh, I can't promote one website for over uh, three years. Uh, the main reason uh, is that I bought, uh, he bought like uh, more than a million backlinks on Fiverr, <laughs> but uh, results didn't come. He didn't know what to do. Uh, 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 you know, the first thing what I did, I check out uh, his Google search console to, to analyze uh, manual actions. Uh, I didn't uh, find them. That's okay. You know, he's lucky with that. Can you tell uh, what to do uh, or how to educate uh, such people, the masters? who don't know uh, how to create white hat link building campaigns uh, to lead in, in them in the right direction because people don't know. For example, uh, if you ask me how to, I don't know, to teach people to play basketball, I'm not good with that. So, yeah, uh, but I know that it's better to cooperate with uh, good coaches who can play, who know this game. Can you tell how to educate people about white hat link building? Because from my experience, I get much higher results with someone who understands SEO. For example, if I get the client and they don't understand SEO, I started from educating them to tell, you know, uh, it's better to understand. If you understand, then we can get much higher results. Can you tell more about education just uh, in order to understand about team building? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you hit the nail on the head with that example of the basketball coach too, right? Like you, yeah. you want to do it right from the beginning so that you're not paying double time from a few different areas. So if you do it wrong from the beginning, you're paying to get those links that you're going to later likely pay another SEO to disavow them. And then you're also paying in the time that it took you from there to getting that penalty to recovering from that penalty. So you might have actually lost multiple years of time where you could have been ranking organically from just doing it right at the beginning. And I think a lot of that comes down to people are scared to invest in SEO from the start. So they look for cheaper alternatives. Um, But it's almost always the case in all areas of life, consumerism, capitalism, that putting your money in something less expensive or cheaper is probably going to get you worse results overall. And so looking at something from the standpoint of, okay, let's do this right from the beginning. We know it's an investment in future growth. Um, But if you're doing this right from the early stages, it's really hard to lose when you have a longer term mindset. And so we see people that are trying to take shortcuts that are buying links from Fiverr or doing things like this, where it's almost a surefire way that sure, you might have a little bit of success for a couple of months, but Google is just getting better and better by the day at sniffing this stuff out. And they're really, really good at knowing what are sites that are actually worthwhile, that their, their brand mentions going back to someone externally are actually a signal versus these are the sites that link to 100,000 different domains from any different niche. And these links are worthless, right? 
So it's mm -hmm. really looking at it from that perspective of, do you have a long-term mindset here? Are you willing to invest in SEO and growth for the next year? Or is this something that you're just trying to game the system for short-term results? And I think taking it from that business perspective to your clients and saying, hey, like we could do this this way for you, um, but in two to three months, those results are going to tank. You're probably going to get penalized. You're going to spend a lot of money up front, and then you're also going to spend money fixing those mistakes. And so I think putting it in that perspective for them is a really good education tool to say, hey, if we're going to do this, you need to do it right from the beginning because we're looking at five, 10 years down the line and we want your business to be sustainable. We want it to be growing and not seeing these algorithm changes that come you know, multiple times per year, big updates where your site is just continually tanking in the rankings. Mm -hmm. yeah. Once I read a story about a, a teacher uh, in Belarus, uh, in one university, and that was interesting that this teacher uh, taught students Chinese uh, over three years and when uh, someone from Chinese came to this university uh, they got it uh, this teacher doesn't speak Chinese and she create she created his language her language you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah this teacher taught students three years uh, unrecognizable language nobody knows what kind of language was <laughs> and yeah so uh, it's the same with uh, you know uh, cooperating with specialists who don't understand about yeah. link building but they sell the service can you tell how to choose the right link building agency and uh, tell about your benefits uh, what is your unique selling proposition for example uh, compared to other link builders Yep, absolutely. I think if you're trying to choose the right link building agency, you should first and foremost, look at their own backlink profile, look at their mm -hmm. own site, see what kind of links that they get overall is a really good indication. Um, you want people that are doing uh, the same things they're promising for you for themselves, right? Uh, you want people to eat their own dog food, it's called um, stupid phrasing, but essentially, you want people to do what they say they're going to do for you for themselves. So look at their link profile see where they're getting links. Are they publishing that content that they're recommending you publish? Are they doing the studies that they recommend that you do? Things like that give yeah. you an indication that they've actually done those things. And they're not just using that as like conjecture. They're not just saying you should do these things because this is what's trending. You should do these things because we actually did them and they actually work and we can actually show you with the data. Um, so I think first and foremost, for sure, just get them to give you examples of what they've done them, get them to give you examples of the links that they build, the sites that they are on, uh, ask them questions around like, what is a good quality link to them? Uh, what metrics do they look at and why? And get them to go deep into, into the process of link building for them and what they consider a really good worthwhile site, I think is a really good mm -hmm. first step. And then for us overall, our differentiation has really been that we, we only focus on really high quality sites and we don't do anything that's low quality because Mm -hmm. Again, we, we've done this for our own sites and we have other companies and ventures that we own. And so we do a lot of link building for our own projects. And we know that just from experience from hundreds of clients, from our own ventures, our own sites, we know that you know one good link from a really good source is worth 100 links from super low quality sources. And so we know mm -hmm. that our best, our 80-20 efforts there are really best focused on the, the top quality sites, the ones that almost no one gets a link from. Uh, because that's why they're valuable, right? If no one can, if no one else can get a link from that site but you, it's a really good indication that your content is really strong, that your site is authoritative. So you get a lot of that benefits back to your site. Yeah, love it, love it. <laughs> I, I found a few agencies. They sell PBNs, you know, private block yeah. networks, and. Uh, uh, 
I like to ask them, okay, why you don't create uh, this PBM networks to your projects? <laughs> why you use yeah. white hat SEO? It's yeah. interesting. If you totally. believe that it works, so why you don't link to your project? <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I have the question and you can reply, it depends, uh, but uh, <laughs> people still asking me about this question. Uh, for example, can you uh, tell how to divide, for example, if I have one budget like 10,000 uh, per month and how to divide this budget between content creation and link building? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it depends. I know I'm using the classic SEO phrase mm -hmm. of it depends. Um, but if you're a more established brand, let's say you have a lot of good content published already, um, I think I would put most of that budget towards a link building or an off-page focus because um, mm -hmm. you likely have enough of that great content already. You just need a lot of that authoritative off-page signal. So I'd look at spending most of your money on that, uh, maybe a certain portion on uh, refreshing and updating older content is obviously a really good thing. And we see a lot of benefits there. Um, if you're a newer site, let's say you're brand new, you know, your site has just gone up. You don't have any content pages on your site besides the homepage, the about page, whatever it is. Um, I'd invest uh, most of that in content at first. So probably for the first two or three months, I'd invest that 10 K into just content so that you actually have a library of content to reference. And then I transition over to probably a 50, 50 split where you're looking at half of that budget going to content every month, whether that's new or refresh, and then half of that is going to the off page, especially in a competitive niche. Just publishing content alone is not enough anymore. Um, you can't, if you're, let's say you're going into the finance space, you're a fintech app, you want to rank against people like Robinhood, uh, you know, NerdWallet, things like that. You're just not going to get there by publishing good content. You need off page signals, you need brand building, you need links, you need PR. So I'd invest at a, at a, you know, that threshold, I'd start to switch over to a mix. Um, but you definitely need, if you're a new site, you need to build up that library a lot in the beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, I have the question about uh, the type of links. For example, we have do follow, no follow backlinks. Can you tell, for example, um, if I get backlink from Wikipedia, Forbes, I, I, uh, I, for me, it doesn't matter. It's no follow, do follow, it's authoritative backlink. What about the rest? Uh, do we need to pay attention to get only do follow links or uh, no follow are great as well? Yeah, totally. So we've seen this change a little bit in the last couple of years where Google has mm -hmm. kind of changed or mentioned kind of little hints at their stance on no follow links that they do sort of take those into account in cer certain circumstances. Um, I think links from sources like that where we're talking about Forbes or Wikipedia are helpful on some level from like a brand perspective. I don't think that they're fantastic in terms of you just got this Forbes link and you instantly saw a massive increase in traffic is usually not the case. Um, I think a lot of those are good to have, but if we're talking strictly from an SEO perspective, I think even more niche relevant sites are just going to be better overall. Um, ones that are authoritative in your space. So let's say you're a software company and you do project management stuff, getting a link from other, you know, really reputable companies that are talking about project management in software spaces those are probably going to have a better direct impact than I mentioned from Forbes overall or Wikipedia. Um, but I wouldn't discount those, obviously, right? If you can get a link from Forbes, you can get your own Wikipedia page. These are kind of trust signals overall that are obviously going to be beneficial to you. Um, mm -hmm. But in terms of like a no follow, do follow tag, typically I like to prioritize obviously a do follow link, one that doesn't have like a UGC tag or a no follow tag. Um, but I think those are still worthwhile. Honestly, I think the, the impact of those 
is uh, getting larger over time. And we're seeing that true on our end of, of just, you know, building thousands of links per month for different sites. We're seeing that nofollow links in the right context, in the right article um, are still having a nice impact there. But I'd say if you can obviously prioritize ones that don't have any of those tags, because they're just going to be more beneficial and more easy to track overall of their impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. Uh, I have the question about, uh, from your experience, what link builders don't need to do, shouldn't do, because it doesn't work, it's obsolete, it's better to pay attention to uh, something uh, that uh, today works well. Uh, can you tell from your experience? Yeah, absolutely. I'd say getting caught up in doing too many tactics at once for a link builder mm -hmm. is usually yeah. a bad thing. Um, so you'll always see articles that say, here's 100 link building tactics that you can do this year. And it's like, you don't need 100 link building tactics to find success, right? You need maybe two to three that you can do really well for the next three, four or five years. That's where you're going to see the biggest impact overall. And I think getting more specific, like tactics like, you know, broken link building, I think that one is just like not worth your time in terms of the amount of broken links that there are pretty minimal. Uh, finding those is really difficult. It takes a lot of analysis combing through data. Uh, then you actually have to have the piece that you can link there in replacements and the odds that you have that exact one are not uh, that high. So that's kind of a tactic that just takes a lot of your time and doesn't generate the same results as, let's say, building relationships or uh, just doing a cold mm -hmm. outreach campaign for that matter. Um, I think other similar ones um, along those lines where you're seeing things that are like these minuscule tactics are not a great idea and really just sticking to the buckets of uh, let me, number one, build relationships. Number two, post really interesting and unique content that people are actually going to resonate with. Um, and then number three, do kind of cool campaigns where, yes, you can do cold outreach and it still works for getting links, uh, but do something different and unique there where you're sharing some sort of value to the end person that you're communicating with so they can share it. And I think as a link builder, you really just want to identify those two or three things that you can do very well. And you want to just ignore that shiny object syndrome of, Here's this new link building tactic that everyone says is really good. Uh, the chances are, if you're hearing about that already and you're seeing it on blogs, that tactic is probably overused and it's probably not going to work very well. Because um, we know that a lot of the tactics we read online or stuff that I read online is uh, strategies that I don't use personally because I know everyone else is using them. And all of the great mm -hmm. strategies yeah. uh, are what people are not talking about, right? So you want to just get in the weeds and find what works for you. Find those little ways that you can make your campaigns better. Um, and it's usually not stuff that you're going to read on like a Backlinko blog post. Love it, love it. Yeah, I think it's the same on social media. For example, when uh, I remember when I started uh, my English uh, promotion because, you know, uh, I got some uh, engagement in Ukraine and Russia. We got uh, high positions, but I decided to uh, grow globally and I tried to cover Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, YouTube, <laughs> almost all social media. But uh, I usually got like uh, two, uh, three, five followers a day, a hundred views. Then I decided to switch all my attention to one social media, LinkedIn, and got like 200 followers a day, 10,000 views. And got it, no way. Uh, why <laughs> I'm trying to be everywhere? Jack of all trades, master of not. Yeah. If you have no resources like Gary Vee, he has these resources, he has a team who can help to grow uh, on all social media. But if you are alone, only two hands, why you need to do it? <laughs> it's better to yeah. find one uh, technique that provides 
will provide great results, then you can uh, take another one, but it's better Definitely. to pay attention with one technique. Yeah, yeah completely it. agree. Okay, I have the question about, uh, for example, let's imagine you started from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills. What will you do today to learn more about link building? Yeah, really good question. So I would go to uh, learning SEO, I think .io it is by Aleda uh, Solis. Um, she has a really good collection there of uh, basically getting started on SEO from scratch, right? So she has a lot of articles, resources, helpful docs. I believe it's free and you can just go on there and it's a collection. It's like a spreadsheet list basically containing mm -hmm. a lot of different helpful docs, articles, uh, guides, things like that, where you can really dive into everything there is to know about SEO. And I think that's a really good starting point because uh, if you just search things around SEO, there's so many articles, so many videos, it's really hard to know where to start. And she did a really good job of just compiling a resource that says, start here, start in this bucket of technical, start here in this section of content, here's good resources. She basically did all the filtering for you um, to say, here are the reputable sources that you can trust in here. Um, so that you don't have to comb through, you know, pages and pages of content or decipher which ones are telling you the truth or which ones have really good tactics. Um, so I definitely would start there and, and use that as a really good resource. Nice, nice. Yeah. Many great marketers uh, recommend uh, Alayda Solis. Yeah. So why not? Yeah. Just open. Uh, check out this website. I have the question about the future. Uh, can you tell what kind of future will be? in the link building uh, uh, because you know uh, for example i remember uh, when google uh, launched uh, first link building algorithms uh, uh, google uh, could provide much uh, better results uh, in the top 10 results that's why google uh, took these positions and today uh, google has like 91 percent of all search traffic online uh, and yeah because of the links uh, it's not only about uh, high quality content but what about the future because many things are coming uh, metaverse many other stuff what do you think is it good idea to start today on link building or it's better to pay attention to other <laughs> niches yeah totally i think what we've seen over time is that uh usually every year and this is kind of an seo as a whole You'll see people say that SEO is dead and now there's a new channel taking yeah. its place. Or lately it's been, oh, TikTok search is like going to take over Google search. And it's like a lot of this just isn't true over time. We've seen people saying that link building is dead for the past 10, 15 years, um, but it's clearly not. Uh, it's still one of, if not the strongest factor in how well you're going to rank organically. Um, so I think if you're just considering whether to start now, I think you should just start now and not wait any longer because the longer that you wait, the longer it's going to take you to rank. Um, and a lot of link building activities are actually a proxy for just brand building activities as a whole. So think about things like going on a podcast and getting a link back from that. Uh, maybe writing a cool article for a site and getting some of their traffic, you're going to get a link back from that. Uh, maybe it's you're you know, doing a cool webinar, you're probably going to get a link back from that. Uh, all these things are really just brand initiatives that you're doing that are fueling and growing your brand. And the side effect essentially is getting really good quality links from people. And so I think where we're trending for the future of link building is that uh, Google is getting better and better by the day at discovering which sites. Um, they kind of refer to them sometimes as seed sites, so to speak, where getting a link from them is really, really impactful on your rankings versus getting a link from any other traditional site. And I think we're trending more in that direction day by day of there's going to be a very small grouping of sites within your niche or just as a whole on the internet that are really trustworthy um, that Google considers very authoritative and getting links from those is going to be more important than ever uh, because competition is getting so strong, right? Link building is 
by far the hardest thing for folks to do in SEO because there's so much competition. There's so many people emailing out there. There's only so many great quality sites uh, that you can trust in your niche, right? So getting links from those is becoming more and more difficult. And I think that proves the case and will continue to be a good case in favor of link building. And that if it's extremely difficult to get good quality links, that's probably a good sign that it's a really good ranking signal because when you can get those links, that's a really good sign that your content is very good and very helpful for users. Nice, nice. Uh, I want to ask the final question uh, that people often ask me about local SEO. Uh, for example, uh, if uh, I can choose just one link uh, from local website, but completely irrelevant, or a relevant website, but from other region, uh, far away from my uh, location. Can you tell which one to choose? Yeah, that's a, that's a really tough one because there's obviously pros and cons of both, right? You want that relevancy, but you also need the authority. Um, I think if we're talking strictly from a local perspective, I would probably just go with the relevancy over anything because uh, you would mm -hmm. usually find if you're looking at a very localized section or website, or maybe you're in a smaller town, maybe it's not like, a massive city or something, the sites in your kind of smaller town are not going to be authoritative. They're not going to be, um, you know, by traditional standards of like, they have thousands of links. That's just not going to be the case if it's a small site in a kind of a small localized area. Um, so I think authority there looks very different than traditional authority. Um, you're not going to see a site with tons of traffic, tons of links, a high DA, DR, but it still mm -hmm. might be authoritative within your actual localized area. So I'd say uh, always prioritize the relevancy in that situation. Um, and, you know, best case scenario, you get both. Nice, nice. Love it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Both is better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jeremy, it's a big pleasure to get on my show, to learn from you, tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. And uh, you can reach out at usurp.io. That's uh, U-S-E-R-P.io. That's our site. And then you can also connect with me on Twitter, Uh, if you just search my name, Jeremy Moser, I'll show up on Twitter there. Um, and uh, yeah, feel free to connect and reach out. Okay, guys, you can find uh, links uh, and social media plot uh, profiles in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. A big pleasure. Welcome back anytime. You know, to share more value. Uh, mm -hmm. Guys, you need to follow Jeremy. You can see a lot of valuable insights. So valuable. So I think yeah, it's a good idea you know, to learn more, to get more and ask, uh, connect with Jeremy to learn a lot more. Okay, guys, love you. See you.